G'day folks, welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. It's Friday the 30th of September and this week we're going to take a look at the recently announced beta release for the upcoming Ubuntu 22.10 release. Uh, due out in a few more weeks time but the beta has just come out today and in particular I want to have a talk about a new planned feature around finer grain control for unprivileged user namespaces. Yeah so we will get into that uh, a bit later. First let's just get into the usual roundup of security fixes that have gone and supported the winter releases over the past week. So this week there were 37 unique CVEs addressed by the team and up first we had an update for Bind. This was a couple of different vulnerabilities that were fixed for our ESM releases, so 14.04 and 16.04 extended security maintenance. Uh, I talked about both of these actually back in last week's episode, so if you want to know more details, check that out, but you've got those fixes as well now. Uh, PCRE, the Perl compatible regex library, was updated for uh, some of our later releases, so Ubuntu 20.04 and 22.04 long-term support. In this case, both of these were out-of-bounds reads that could be triggered through crafted regular expressions. Uh, as a result, uh, possible information leaked through those, but yeah, pretty low impact. Etc. was updated for uh, Ubuntu 20.04 long-term support with four different CVEs there. This is the distributed key value store used by Kubernetes. All of these vulnerabilities actually come from a security audit that was conducted by Trail of Bits back in January of 2020. Uh, so in that case, uh, Trail of Bits did both uh, manual and automated reviews. So they used a bunch of different tools like uh, EraCheck, GoSec, and uh, InfAssign to detect various different, uh, you know, bad code, I guess, or look for, you know, code smells, things that look bad in the code. Uh, plus they also fuzzed uh, the write-ahead logging, wall file handling uh, within uh, Cetrity. Uh, that right ahead logging is used to record transactions that have been committed but not yet applied uh, to the main database. So that's used for sort of synchronization between the different nodes. Uh, in that case, they found two different issues in the handling of wall files that could be used to crash, etc. Uh, plus one in the handling of directory permissions uh, where it goes to create a directory with certain permissions. But if that directory already existed, it didn't say go and fix those up, uh, make them be correct. So it's done that as well. Uh, that, Obviously, that could result in an information leak. If someone has gone and created that directory ahead of time with uh, lower permissions, they can then go and read whatever you write into there. Uh, plus, there was also an issue where it would fail to uh, set up endpoints correctly that could result in a denial of service. So they were all fixed for et cetera. But yeah, cool to see uh, different communities actually going and getting security audits by third parties and actually finding issues and fixing them. That's really cool to see. Thanks to Trail of Bits. After that, we had updates for the kernel. So for Ubuntu 18.04 and 20.04 long-term support, six different CVEs were fixed. Uh, these are both 5.4-based kernel. In this case, uh, for 18.04, that's uh, the hardware enablement series for Raspberry Pi. And for 20.04 long-term support, that's for Azure Confidential Computing. In that case, I actually covered these vulnerabilities back in last week's episode. I've got a link to that in the show notes if you want to go and find out more. Similarly, uh, the kernels for uh, Ubuntu 20.04 and 20.04 long-term support uh, based on 5.15 were updated. Again, that's another Raspberry Pi kernel. Uh, one for uh, GKE and GCP and Oracle Clouds as well was updated. What else? Uh, we've got a kernel update as well for uh, OEM platforms for Ubuntu 22.04 for long-term support that is using a 5.17 based kernel. In that case, it was for uh, a net filter remote denial of service that could be triggered through crafted packets with a very short payload. Uh, that has been fixed as well. After that, uh, an update for OAuth lib for 22.04 for long-term support. This is a Python 3 implementation of OAuth. It's used by various other applications like uh, Keystone, Django, uh, and Duplicity even. Uh, and in this case, it was a, a denial of service that could be triggered through a malicious redirect URL that specified an IPv6 address crafted in a certain way. Uh, that could then trigger an exception within uh, Python and therefore a crash of your application that has been fixed. 
Lip JPEG Turbo was updated for Ubuntu 18.04 and 20.04 long-term support. In this case, uh, various issues in the handling of crafted JPEG and PPM files, uh, stack buffer overflow, a heap buffer overflow, a null pointer dereference, plus a resource consumption based denial of service in the CJPEG utility. I thought this one was interesting. Uh, in this case, uh, even though it's probably actually the most, uh, I guess, lowest priority of these issues given it's a little command line utility, but I thought it was interesting in that in this case, uh, it could be triggered through a crafted file that had a valid target header, but incomplete data. So you'd read the header and know uh, the file's meant to be this big and have this many pixels worth of data basically. And they would then keep trying to read each pixel after that, uh, but it would use uh, get C uh, on the file, uh, and it would um, and get C returns an integer, and when it reaches the end of the file, it returns a special value uh, EOF, which actually happens to be minus one uh, in Linux, and so you need to then sort of check what the value that's returned from that to know that you've reached the end of the file. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't doing this, and so because it actually returns, I guess, a valid integer value, uh, that then gets cast as your know, pixel data, and minus one is all of the bits set in your integer with uh, sign two's complement. And so that then means uh, you get basically 255, 255, 255 in your uh, pixel data and that's like all white pixels. So it will keep reading uh, you know, all of these different pixels that actually aren't in the file but were you know, specified as a length originally in the header. And then you can get a resulting JPEG file that is possibly you know, significantly bigger than the original input file as a result. Uh, therefore, you know, it's kind of resource amplification attack. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool uh, in that it's very simple attack and uh, very, I guess, sort of simple coding error as well. And they, they fix this by just changing instead of directly calling get C, they have their own sort of wrapper function that instead actually does correctly check for uh, that return value and do the right thing in that instance. Uh, Python was updated as well for Ubuntu uh, 604 extended security maintenance. In this case, uh, it's a vulnerability that upstream actually dispute uh, within the HTTP server uh, component. In that case, it's a very simple uh, you know, HTTP server, obviously, that you can instantiate and use via Python. And uh, the vulnerability is uh, apparent open redirect in there through a URI that has multiple forward slashes at the beginning of it. Uh, such a, uh, a URI in this case, like slash slash path, gets then treated as an absolute URI rather than uh, you know, an actual path itself. That could then end up uh, sending a 301 location header with a misleading target. But like I said, uh, Upstream do dispute that's a real vulnerability, but it has CVE's been assigned and that has now been fixed for uh, Python in 604 external security maintenance. Uh, SOS, or SOS report, was updated for uh, all of our releases going all the way back to 1404 extended security maintenance plus 1604 extended security maintenance, 1804, 2004, and 2204 long-term support. Single CVE here. Uh, this is, uh, like I said, for SOS report, the package used for gathering details of a system for you know, debug or analysis later on, uh, often used by, in our case, say, like our customer support team. You know, if you're having uh, issues on Ubuntu and you're an Ubuntu Advantage uh, subscriber, you can get support. Uh, and as a result, you know, they may ask you for an SOS report that captures all these logs and details as a result. In this case, uh, SOS report is uh, coded so that it uh, redacts passwords and other things that it may find along the way. Uh, it previously would use a hard-coded list of different things that it knew would contain passwords and therefore redact them from that. Uh, instead, though, now obviously as they add support for newer things, uh, then you know, obviously new things could get introduced that do not uh, or do not automatically get redacted. So they've now introduced uh, a more uh, general scheme where anything that has the name of password will get redacted so that does sound uh, I guess a lot more useful and unlikely to or less likely to include passwords in your generated SOS reports. LibVBX was updated for extended security maintenance releases for a single vulnerability uh, in this case an out-of-bounds read that could uh, result in an info leak or a crash. Expat uh, updated for single CVE for 604 extended security maintenance, uh, use after free in that case that could be triggered through a crafted XML document, leading again to a crash or possible remote code execution. 
Squid was updated for our long-term support releases, 18.04, 20.04, and 22.04 long-term support. A couple of different vulnerabilities here. It failed to properly handle uh, access control lists uh, for the cache manager. That could then allow a trusted client to read uh, up, you know, things from the cache manager, so things like uh, other clients' IDs or credentials, uh, even uh, the details of the internal network structure. As well, there was an integer overflow that could lead to a buffer overread. Now, that was only when using uh, SSPI or SMB authentication helpers uh, using NTLM authentication. So you know, if you hadn't configured that, I guess you weren't vulnerable to that. But in this case, uh, since this is in the handling of credentials uh, and you've got a buffer overread there, there's a possibility that you could essentially read uh, unencrypted credentials out of memory uh, or potentially other regions from Squid. So that's been fixed too. Just a couple more to go through. An update for WebKit GTK for 2004 and 2204 long-term support. Uh, single vulnerability here, buffer overflow when handling malicious web content leading to possible remote code execution. Again, we don't often get a lot of details for these uh, WebKit-related vulnerabilities, but I guess you know, getting at least something and being able to get patches is better than nothing. Uh, thanks, Apple, and uh, the WebKit GTK maintainers for that one. And finally, an update for GoScript. So uh, two different vulnerabilities here for 1804, 2004, and 2204 long-term support. Uh, both of these were in uh, PDF file handling, uh, one of them a possible null pointer dereference leading to a denial of service or a heat buffer overflow. So again, uh, denial of service through that or possible code execution uh, if you were handling untrusted PDFs, you are a little bit safer now with GoScript. And that is it for the week in security updates. Okay, so uh, this week it was the release of the uh, 2210 uh, Kinetic Kudu beta. Uh, the final release is due out for that in a couple more weeks, but this is the beta release. Uh, that means, I guess, it's very close to what will be the final release. Uh, includes a lot of the different features that are going to be there. Uh, I've got a link in the show notes to the announcement for that, which includes things like some draft release notes. Uh, those actually aren't very up-to-date yet. Expect a lot more content uh, to arrive in those before the final release is actually done. Uh, plus, though, there are details there on how to upgrade. As I mentioned when we talked about uh, the 2204.1 uh, point release earlier, uh, if you want to upgrade to the beta, uh, you know, I think it's cool to test it out. Uh, obviously, don't do it potentially on production machines. But if you do want to upgrade to the beta, and particularly if you are using uh, 24 desktop, I recommend that you don't do it from the desktop session, that you log out and you switch to a virtual console and do it from there using do release upgrade. Uh, that means it's a lot less likely to say, you know, if that upgrade process were to crash uh, due to whatever reason, uh, that means less likely to take your whole uh, graphical session down with it. That then means, you know, the upgrade is potentially left in a bad state at that point and you then have to figure out how to recover that. However, if you do it from uh, the terminal, there's a lot less stuff running, a lot less stuff that could potentially go wrong. So yeah, I recommend doing that from a virtual console. And like I said, I will cover more details on uh, 2210 when it does finally come out in a few more weeks. But speaking of 2210, I thought it would be cool to preview a technology that the security team has been working on to try to make the use of unprivileged user namespaces a bit safer. So uh, unprivileged user namespaces is, uh, I guess, a very cool feature. It allows you to create a namespace where you could potentially, say, be root within that namespace, even though you're an unprivileged user on the host. Uh, that is cool because then you can do root-like things within that constrained environment. Uh, it's often used by things like uh, Flatpak or Bubblewrap and the like. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, good use cases. However, it's also used as, uh, I guess, an attack, a way of increasing your attack surface as an attacker. Uh, because you are then root within that namespace, there have been vulnerabilities in the past where you can do things 
things like say load kernel modules or uh, other things you know due to things like when you use a network protocol it will automatically load a particular driver for that you can then essentially trigger that say from within an unprivileged user namespace and make that happen uh, plus other sorts of things as well that we've seen that then mean that like certain vulnerabilities are actually able to be uh, attacked as uh, an unprivileged user even though normally you need root privileges to do that so we've often uh, said in the past you know, to mitigate various vulnerabilities you should disable unprivileged user namespaces in Ubuntu uh, that is done by uh, syscall so you can just run sudo syscall kernel.unprivileged user ns clone equals zero to turn that off but that is a bit of a big hammer that means then you can't use them at all that means then certain tools like i said like Flatpak or bubble wrap will then not work correctly after that um, or they need to do things like ship set uid root helpers to achieve those same functionalities uh, you know and that whilst that works that's not a great situation either because at the minute you've got a heap of different set uid root binaries sitting around on the system each one of those is its own attack surface that could be used to potentially you know escalate to root uh, which we've seen that kind of stuff in the past as well so it would be a lot better to be able to have more finer grain control of unprivileged username spaces where you can define a way that says only certain applications can use them that then means that you know the average attacker that somehow gets code execution on your machine as an unprivileged user can't then just go and use them it's only certain applications that get that privilege and that's actually what uh, the app armor developers have been working on particularly john johansson on our team so in this case uh what the policy would be is that all unconfined applications, that means all applications that don't have an AppArmor profile for them, would uh, by default be disallowed from using unprivileged user namespaces. And only uh, applications that were confined and then actually had this new user namespace uh, privilege would be allowed to do that. And that sounds really cool. Uh, the problem, I guess, that we have with that is that at the moment we don't have, say, policy for all of those various applications. So for uh, 22.10, assuming that we can actually get this landed in the kernel in time and within the AppArmor package in user space, uh, this will be turned off by default, but it will just be another uh, simple syscall that you can use to turn that on. That then means that uh, after that, only uh, applications that are appropriately designated to use that permission through an AppArmor profile could use it. And uh, as a result, then I guess you could go as a system admin and go and create policy for those different applications uh, if they don't already have it. Things like Snaps will probably get it for free because uh, Snaps have AppArmor confinement by default, which is really cool. So it's, I guess, a simple way of getting your application confined is just to make it a Snap. Um, but yeah, so as a security team, we will be working then uh, through the next cycle. So on the development of 2304 on the next six months, we'll be working on trying to make sure that everything that needs unprivileged user namespaces uh, will be appropriately confined and therefore can use that uh, in Ubuntu out of the box and we'll be able to turn this on. That then should actually uh, decrease the attack surface in Ubuntu significantly and mean that you can still get uh, the benefits of unprivileged username spaces, but not by just granting them to everyone or anything, just to the things that need them. So uh, principle of least uh, authority for the win. So yeah, uh, hopefully we can land that all uh, using the feature freeze exception process in the next week or two to get that into the final release. Uh, otherwise, I guess you know, there's always the stable release update process that we could get that in after the release. Uh, but yeah, that is something that uh, the team has been working on and yeah, I really do hope we can land because I think it will be a good, uh, both a good security win and hopefully actually a good usability win as well because uh, by getting all those sort of rough edges ironed out, I think that will actually make things a lot better. So yeah, something to look out for. Uh, but yeah, that isn't in the beta that I just mentioned before, but yeah, I hope hope that does land before the final release fingers crossed all right and that is it uh, for this week's episode one thing i did want to mention before we go is that i'm on leave next week so there will not be an episode of the podcast next week but there will be one uh, the week after that 
So yeah, two weeks, uh, I will be back in your feed. But until then, uh, as always, if you want to get in contact with the team, you can email us at securityubuntu.com. We do hang out in the Ubuntu security channel on libera.chat and we're on Twitter too, at Ubuntu underscore sec. So thanks again for listening for another week. I'll be back again with you all in two weeks' time. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.